Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to 1913. You know, whoa, that was not the right one. How's this? Let's try this. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Friday, November 11th in the year 2022, and also Veterans Day. Before we begin, just make sure you've got a good plan to keep your house safe and protected. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution, and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. Oh, yeah, and you want one of those. Awesome tool to practice and keep your skill sets up. Patriots, as part of Veterans Day, I want to begin tonight with the Star Spangled Banner. Just some silence here and some prayers for our nation quietly for in one minute and 52 seconds. Thank you. 
Patriots, tonight's show I'm dedicating to the men of Special Forces. I've had the honor and privilege in my life of working with them, equally even training some. They are truly one of the greatest groups of soldiers that we have ever seen in the history of man. They are the only military unit in the United States that also has a prayer that was developed specifically for them. So we will begin tonight with what is the Special Forces Prayer. Almighty God, who art there, the author of liberty and the champion of the oppressed, hear our prayer. We, the men of Special Forces, acknowledge our dependence upon thee in the preservation of human freedom. Go with us as we seek to defend the defenseless and to free the enslaved. May we ever remember our nation, whose motto is, In God We Trust, expects that we shall acquit ourselves with honor, that we may never bring shame upon our faith, our families, or our fellow men. Grant us wisdom from thy mind, courage from thine heart, strength from thine arm, and protection by thy hand. It is for thee we do battle, and to thee belongs the victor's crown. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. To all of you in Special Forces, thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you do, all you sacrifice, and all you continue to do for the preservation of this nation. May God continue to guide you and lead your way in all that you face ahead. Patriots, uh, we're in an interesting time right now, obviously. And one of the things that strikes is once in a while we stumble on a date that is really significant in our history. There is a new Q post that came up today, and it ended with the date 1913. And this is a date that's extremely significant in what we are dealing with today. Let me give you a couple of things that happened in 1913. In 1913, the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution was ratified, authorizing the federal government to impose and collect income taxes. April 8th, the 17th Amendment to the United States Constitution is passed, dictating the direct election of senators. On May 4th of 1913, New York Governor William Soltzner approved the charter for the Rockefeller Foundation, which began operations with a $100 million donation from John D. Rockefeller. On October 3rd, the United States Revenue Act of 1913 reimposed the federal income tax and lower basic tariff rates from 40% and lowered basic tariff rates from 40% to 25%. And on December 3rd, I'm sorry, on December 23rd, the Federal Reserve was created by Woodrow Wilson. All of those things were the foundations of the enslavement which we fight today. These are very, very critical issues. But what was predating this, which was extremely important, it was the fact that on in the year of night of in the year of nineteen twelve was the Titanic sinking. All of that that happened on the Titanic set the course for the events that happened in 1913. It could be because as we know now the story of the Titanic, it wasn't just a random event. In fact, 
Historical research has shown that the Titanic was actually a rebranded ship, that the Titanic then was already damaged, had problems, it sank, and on it and on board of it were the people who opposed the creation of the Federal Reserve. Essentially, 1913 represents the ceiling of one of the first major coups of the elites against us in this time. Since that time, we've been involved in wars endlessly. We have seen the unbelievable and unrelenting sacrifice of our young men and women of this nation, all for the sake of freedom by name and by design. It was the ability to gut and paralyze a nation over time. For all of those who have served, these are hard times when we start to face realities like this. This begins to question what the purpose of their service was. And, I, and I've said this many times, the heart of the soldier was always in the right place. The heart of the politician seldom was. And that's something we have to keep very clear in what we're talking about here because soldiers did a duty as they saw necessary to protect a nation. The cabal did their hand puppetry to try to create conflicts between nations to slaughter youth and to continue to damage the future of nations to bring them and submit them to to the cabal's will. That's one of these hard things on days like today because it's a mixed set of emotions and memories. I always honor our veterans for the service they gave. I'll not get involved in the politics of war because that's not why a veteran went. And unfortunately, what ends up happening, and if we're not careful, it will happen again, is we'll start rejecting the service that the veteran gave to their nation because the politics were rancid. There's one thing you learn when you're in a conflict zone is the most dangerous thing out there is not your enemy. It's a politician. They have some sort of scam going on all the time to benefit themselves and always to benefit whatever they're doing. And right now, unfortunately, as we're witnessing in our service members across this nation, a large part of our senior leadership, which are the general class, have become politicized, as has our sergeant major class, which is the senior levels of the NCO Corps, non-commissioned officer corps. They have equally become politicized. This is all this butt sniffing that they do to try to climb the ladder of power and, what, and who suffers are our soldiers. We Tonight, we're very honored in our chat to have a soldier that I've met personally. He's a lieutenant colonel. He works out of Joint Base Charleston. And I just want to thank him for his service. He is truly part of Bard's Nation in a deep way. And so... We're honored to have service members as part of Bars Nation, and we continue to fight for the restoration of this republic. Javi, thank you personally. It was great meeting you. And this is a time when we have to give a great deal of credit to the service members that have held the line. There are a few out here that are really heroes right now about 120,000 of them and about 60,000 reservists and National Guard members who have not only held the line for freedom, but have held the line for against un- illegal orders demanding them to take the vax. These men and women of that group are unbelievable examples of great service to the nation 
because they didn't put their careers first. They put the true nature of the republic and our constitution before all. They are unspoken in, in the recognition that they need to get. And so all of them, in time, we will make sure and honor because the sacrifices they've gone through and continue to go through are, in a certain way, just cringing of what our own military is doing to them. Our command in many levels in the military in the current day is broken. It has succumbed to woke politics. It has succumbed to politics of a global globalization. It's succumbed to the whims of a massive and corrupt military-industrial complex. And sadly, there's just too much indoctrination into the obedience of orders rather than remembering that illegal orders are not to be followed. William Calley in Vietnam, though that story is very convoluted, nonetheless it taught us something and should have taught every soldier something, that you should never follow an illegal order. Those 120,000 And those additional 60,000 in the reserves and National Guard, hear me please if you're listening, you are true, absolute heroes. You have stood up for the values of this nation. You have stood up for what a constitution means, what a republic means. You've stood up for what it is to serve your nation appropriately. And you've held the line against one of the greatest tyrannies within uniform we've ever imagined. So thank you. We will continue to recognize that. I've said this before, and I'm very sincere with what I say. If you are an employer and you're looking for one of the finest people you can ever hire, if you come across a soldier that has been given a general discharge or somehow been forced out because of the issues related to this vax, hire them as fast as you can. Get them in your company, promote them, and give them what they need for support because they will do for you like you can never imagine because they've already withstood one of the most tyrannical forces they could, and it wasn't one they could escape. They had to hold the line. Patriots, these are people that we need to remember on this day because they're the inspiration for what this fight is about. We are one people right now that are trying in a group of patriots as one group of patriots that we need to continue to fight together. The forces are at play to try to divide us, and they're ruthless. They're playing this Trump-DeSantis card heavily to try to divide MAGA. We're hearing people of all calibers trying to throw in who the next president's going to be before we even get past this election. You're seeing the selfishness of people emerge before they ever place the republic first. I don't care right now who my president is in 2024. I could care less at this moment in time. What I care right now is that the president that we elected in 2020 still isn't recognized. And even today, in a great disappointment, and I just, I'm just going to echo Q, the comment, and not in a good way. Because today, I want to read you this from Chuck Grassley. Let's, le- let's look to the next election. Quit talking about 2020. Follow Lincoln's advice. Quote, I do not deny the possibility that people may err in an election, but if they do, the true cure in the, is the next election. Remember, Q said, trust Grassley. I don't trust Grassley. Let me be clear of what I just said. That What he just writes there is absolute garbage. People didn't err. Our election was stolen and hacked. 
and they did it again in this last cycle. What is happening right now in this nation is that the elite are feeling the pressure. They're feeling the squeeze of the people awakening and coming together. They want nothing more than to divide and conquer, divide and conquer. So this is a very important time to realize that we are going to have to stand, hold the line in a way we've never imagined. And that one binding bridge is going to be in God we trust. In God we trust is not selective to one particular church or another. It's not selective by race or color or anything else. It's all of us coming together as one nation under God to stand boldly against a tyranny and an evil that has taken hold of a dream, an experiment, the greatest experiment ever launched in the world, blessed by our Father God. So as we sit quietly and we reflect on all that's happened in the years since we were first hijacked, which I would say is 1913, we have to be honest that we have been in many ways misled and in many ways willfully deceived. We wanted an easier and greater life. We have lived so much with the idea that we as a nation were the great hope for the world. And at one point we were. There's no question about it. But over the years, we've let that slip. We've pursued our own interests. We've pursued our own desires of possession of things and bigger houses and faster cars and and higher climbs on the ladder. And this is these are the things that have got us here. It's not one generation. It's multiple things that have accumulated generation after generation. And at the heart of it, there was some good intention. We saw people that witnessed two wars, World War I and then World War II. The last thing that they wanted was more of that for their children. They wanted to see prosperity, and they went through very hard times, including the, the Great Depression. So there was a desire to get their children into better places. They encouraged the idea of getting into a new type of job set, the white-collar working class, the suburbs, all of these things were very alluring. But they were also traps. At that point in time, as a nation, we were young. We didn't realize the devices and the designs of the elite that were so hell-bent on destroying us from the start. These are people that are truly wicked in their heart, that saw to it and sought to it that we would be destroyed from the very beginning. They tried to lead us down the paths and get us into to a place where we would never be able to heal. The American Indian Wars was a good example. Peace was struck between the pilgrims and the, and the Indians of America. But by the mid-1800s, we were slaughtering them and running them off the land into reservations, slaughtering the buffalo by the millions so that they reduced our food source and then breaking every treaty we could under the sun. We didn't do that, but the leadership of this nation did. These are the same people that led us into World War One that led us into World War Two, that committed us to the Korean War, that committed us into the political fight of Vietnam that we saw over 50,000 young men die and who divided the nation with such precision that when those young men came home in Vietnam, 
they were never embraced as a thank you, but they were spit on and they were called names, things that left these soldiers deeply scarred. That can never happen again, ever. And that's on us to make sure it doesn't. The war with Afghanistan and Iraq was yet another comedy show of hell. It was a, is not a launched not by a Democrat, but was launched by Republicans. And that's something to keep in mind. Because as we put our eyes right now and are being led to believe that all the problems in the world are by the Democrats, let's take a pause and remember how we got to the NWO and who made the NWO speech. It was George Bush. And let's keep in mind who got us into Iraq the second time and into Afghanistan. That was George Bush Jr. And with the eight years that passed with Obama, they led us farther into the pits and of hell of progressive liberalism. We were trying to look at each other and point the fingers across the aisle to say he's worse than ours. Not realizing all along that all of them were part of the same big family the New World Order family, the family of the bloodlines that see themselves as rate dating back to Cain, those of the elites that have no concern about you or I, though they'll lie through their teeth telling you they do. These are the elites that literally will happily send men and women to die. They have no issue with it because in the end, it's all about their power and their gain. Much of this momentum was created with the assassination of John F. Kennedy. That assassination, one way or another, however it fans out, had the fingerprints of George, of the, of the Bush family on it, among others. And it left this country numb because we never imagined in that point in time that a president would actually be assassinated. And from that point forward, the, the country is in its state of shock we witnessed a political excise of power that was unprecedented. The assassination of other Kennedy members, the assassination of John, of Martin Luther King, literally the burning down of houses that contained rebel groups that were protesting or operating against the government. We didn't agree with their politics. Sembanese Liberation Army was one where they literally burned them inside that house to the ground. The inhumane acts of the 60s are 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 memorable, to say the least. And they were executed by the same hands of justice that today we saw when COVID came out that were locking people up and closing businesses down, those same legacies in uniform that forgot their oath and betrayed our nation. These are things we can never forget. These are things of the media that lied to us, They continually manipulated us as they did in every war, but now they did it against the people. It was always easy for us to see them do it across the oceans as they brought us into war, and it didn't affect us because the soldiers died for us. We witnessed the caskets coming back. We can walk if we have the courage, the the hollow ground of the graveyards and cemeteries where those bodies lay. The blood that was spilled for this nation, and it was spilled for this nation for us, Because in one way or another, their heart was always in the fight for freedom and liberty for all and the pursuit and protection of our Constitution and Declaration of Independence. But those people that perform those wars are the same people now that have been behind launching this bioweapon against us. And for the first time in our history, we're having to confront a war 
that's being waged against us by the political class and the elites. It's new to us, and so as we've been talking about extensively lately about the concept of forgiveness, we are struggling with that because there's anger and there's rage because there's no justice and we're flailing on the ground. But we're not the first to go through this. The first on this soil in our own history to go through this were the Native Americans because we slaughtered them. Let's be real. We slaughtered them. We starved them. We did to them what now this elite is doing to us, or at least trying. When we look across other parts of the world, we haven't yet gone through a leadership that has rounded up and sent off to gulags to ex- and executed people randomly to the, with, including, with and including World War II and the fight for Stalingrad, the loss of 30 and upwards of 50 million people in Russia. We haven't suffered through that. A country that we financially broke so severely after the Cold War that quite literally an entire traffic of selling their own children to sex trafficking intentionally and sometimes just trying to get their children out of country became the only way some families could eat and survive. All of that we have our fingers in. The genocide in Rwanda we have our fingers in. The destruction of whole cultures we have our fingers in. Corporations that are housed here the Dole family and their horrors that they've done in the Columbia, I could go on a list endlessly. So when we sit and we're going to be reflective, the question we have to ask is, did they represent us? And the answer is no. And do we need to feel guilty over the actions they've done? No, but we do need to repent as a nation and we do need to own those horrors and we need to make sure that those that did that, no matter what line in their generation it happens, need to be held to account. This is what our soldiers in their heart have tried to fight for, that justice. But even now our soldiers are facing the same betrayal that we've had to live with ourselves. We can no longer distinguish between having a professional class of war fighters and ourselves to go fight these wars. This is now where America has to come back together, and this day is a good remembrance for that day. Everybody in the Patriot movement now has taken the oath, as every soldier has taken this puts on the uniform. And that oath means something. It's not something you do on occasion. It's not something you do for fun. Once you take that oath, that oath never dies. And while we can get into a lot of the debates which is happening, the debates about whether we're giving an oath to the Corporation of America or the oath, whatever, that's not where my oath went. Because where my oath and my heart went was very clear. My oath went to a country that had God seated above it, that we were below him, and the government was subordinate to my wills, we the people. I, my oath went to a republic that was blessed off by God in all that was in the Declaration of Independence that framed our moral law and the Constitution and Bill of Rights that followed. I didn't swear an oath to a constitutional or to a corporation that ran the country. That's the hijack. And for me, they've always been enemies domestic. And so for all of us, we have to be very clear where we're putting our oath and our hope. This time right now is a time that we have to revive this nation with the strength of what it has been to be a patriot. 
As I said, there's 120,000 men and women in uniform right now that have held that line as hard and as strong as anybody can, and they're paying a heavy cost. I honor those people. I honor them deeply. And, I, and we need to as well as a collective whole. We have a lot to reflect on in this time. And there's a lot of need for us to find a way through these difficult divisions that we have as a nation. It's not going to be easy at all. We've had people turn on us. We've had people of our own families outcast us. We've had whole groups of political groups like Democrats in sectors that literally wanted people incarcerated and their family children stripped from them for not taking the vax. Shame on them. A despicable statement towards being an American, and it should never have happened. And the truth of that must be spoken. Can I forgive those acts? Yes, but I will not forgive them without accountability and truth. And for those that injected people, a nurse, a pharmacist, a doctor, can I forgive you? Yes, because I don't want your garbage hanging on my heart. But do will there be justice? You're damn right. I will pursue that justice like every other patriot, hopefully, that will join to make sure that you, what you did was a crime and you will be held accountable for that crime for this nation. That's where we have to be. And so for all the discussions that I've had this week that I think have been interesting and I think for some difficult when I talk about forgiveness, I'm not talking about letting go of the obligation and necessity we must have to pursue justice ruthlessly. Evil is evil. Wrong is wrong. What I have been speaking to is to lift the burden off of your heart. Do not walk with anger. Do not walk with hate. The anger that you carry must be righteous. And so when you have anger, you have to find out where and who it's serving. If the anger is serving vengeance, you have to get it out of you. If the anger is serving a righteous cause, then focus it that way and do something. But don't let it eat you up because it will do you no good. For those that have asked, it's like, well, but I still want to see justice, of course. And I want to see the next person, I want to see these people atone for that. But understand that when you're asking for that justice, that that sort of justice doesn't swing one way, it will swing two. So if you are asking for justice to be served on somebody in government that did something, if your family member was involved in that justice even at a local level, or that crime even at a local level, and the same justice applies, then buckle up. Because if that is a harsh justice, then what is good for one must be good for all. We, this is the way justice has to be. It has to be blind. These are the difficult times we are heading into. And it's going to take a very clear focus on our relationship with God and a very clear focus on our relationship with one another. Many in this nation have been victimized. They've been victimized by a very intense and very well-orchestrated propaganda system that has taken some of the most lethal means of psychological operations that were developed for the purposes of fighting an enemy domestic foreign. And they turned it and put that vector on the innocence 
of the domestic population. That is something right there that will and must be held to account. Everyone that was participant in it. And so much much of that is treason. And in the sense of treason, again, I can tell somebody that I'll pray for them. I will ask them to seek repentance. And I will also be the one that could put the noose on their neck and drop the platform below them and watch them hang. Be very clear. You do not turn on this nation. You do not turn on the people. You do not in any way betray a nation as they have betrayed us. So on this Veterans Day, a day of remembrance, a remember, a day where we truly as a nation have so much to be grateful for, for those who have so willingly sacrificed everything, the ultimate sacrifice for a dream that we're now in charge of making sure that we reclaim and never let go again. That's the burden that you accept when you took the oath. And that oath can never die. That oath and that responsibility must be passed on to your children and their children and generations yet unborn. It's not exclusive to the person who signed the contract. Rather, it's exclusive to every patriot in this nation. That's part of being American. You don't get an option in that if you're going to be an American, not in my opinion. You're either an American or you're not. There's no such thing as hyphenated American. It's you're either an American or you're not because that means something. And what that means is in our Declaration of Independence. So allow me to read the first two paragraphs of the Declaration of Independence. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the cause which impelled them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute a new government laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, 
and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. Patriots, we are now here once again for the second time in over 200 years. We are still a young nation, but our government has betrayed us and walked away. It is time, at last, that we make a decision of where we want to be. This is going to take everything we have. You're hearing the clamoring to say that you need to continue to vote. You need to continue to do the process. I agree at a local level, we absolutely need to continue to vote. And we need to reestablish the strength in our counties and reaffirm the true law enforcement of the land, which is our sheriffs. We need to expel the federal government from our local communities. We need to hold the line hard to make sure that neither the federal nor the state ever steps foot in our counties without approval by our sheriffs. Our sheriffs have to be reinforced with the strength of the people, knowing that they represent the people. And the federal government needs to be rebuked heavily to remind them that they are not a force upon this land, but they are subordinate to the wills of the people. That also goes to every state government. We the people outnumber them in mass. We the people are the ones that will direct this nation. And yes, there's massive division and there's been massive lies. And this fight is not long from over and it will not be easy. They have used the one weapon which is easy to use, and that's to create division. It's easy to hate, it's hard to love, very simply put. And yet, what God calls us to do is to forgive and to love. I've seen so many comments the last couple of weeks of how I can't forgive and how I can't love. And I'll never forget, I'll never forgive. Patriots, that's not what we do as a walk with Christ. And in a nation that is a nation built under the feet of God, that is not something we do. We have to understand the responsibilities that we have in walking in kingdom. That means that our hearts need to be pure. They need to be cleansed of hatred and the malice. We need to understand the vector of our anger. We need to have righteousness in our heart. And we must be absolutely decisive and ruthless when we deal with evil. And we pursue those that try to destroy the livelihoods of the innocent and those that have no voice. Those are part of who we are as Christians. We are not weak, but in the sense of meek, we all should be the mighty warriors that know that we can sheath our sword most of the time, but when we draw it, it will draw blood. This is the commitment to being a great patriot and a great man or woman of God in this nation, and it's what will lead this nation back from the brink of where we are. I can listen to pundits all day long. They can talk about the political this or that. They can talk about the change in in demographics. They can talk about who's voting who, who's voting what. In 2016, with a very close friend of mine who was a Special Forces sniper, medic, and also a Delta operator, we sat with a group of people in Lima, Ohio, And this group of people, unbeknownst to us when we walked into the room, was divided right down the middle. And it became very evident within seconds, literally, of stepping up in front of them. On my left side, there was a group of about 20 people, all dressed in militia outfits, 
all from the local militia community, there to listen about the message about Donald J. Trump. On my right side was a group of people that were well-dressed, and it became clear, very, very clear, in fact, that they were all supporters of Hillary Clinton. Over the next two hours, with Vice Media present, by the way, Vice News, we engaged a conversation about being an American. The hatred that started in that group was palpable. We had people ready to get up and leave. We had people calling each other names. And my good friend Mark and I worked through this with them. We talked about the principles of being an American. We talked about faith, even with those that whose faith was not as strong on the liberal side. I had a Korean veteran in my face telling me basically I was a traitor. That's okay. We just kept reinforcing the principles of what it is to be American. We would engage a topic and revert back to the Constitution. We'd revert back to the Declaration of Independence. We'd revert back to the principles of faith. It took almost two hours. And finally, we had a breakthrough. And when we did, the two groups came together in that meeting and they put aside their politics and they engaged each other for the first time probably in their life as being American. They hugged. There were tears. There was legitimate honesty in the heart of everybody in that room. Vice News was so confused that they came up to me in the middle of this afterwards and asking me what had just happened. And I told them, you've just witnessed unification, stepping aside from the stupidity of politics and realizing that at the core we are American. I wasn't on an evangelical push to get everybody to Jesus. I wasn't going to get into the fine granularity of whether one's going to support the right to choose on abortion or whether one's anti-abortion. We had to begin somewhere, and we did. And we were able to get people for the first time to sit down and have that conversation. You see, this is what we lack in our nation, is we lack the courage by many to sit face-to-face and have the hard conversations, even in the topics that are difficult to go to. We're very polarized at this moment in time. The one thing that you will learn ever, if you have ever served is that in uniform, even though there are great many differences, when it comes to mission, everybody's on the same boat or they can't be in the group. And leadership in the military leads that, leads that view that we must be one group to fight together. Right now, the most important thing we can do is to find ways to unify in the strength and front. And I will tell you that those that walk with faith will bring the others along. And even though you may be working with a neighbor who does not walk closely with Jesus, how you walk with Jesus will change his life or her life. We have to be walking by example and understanding where our real enemy is. Yeah, I hate it when liberals blow up. I hate it when they won't listen. I dislike the visceral tongue that they have that spews out hatred. I got it. 
I've been, I've had it in my face more times than I can tell you. In fact, I've told you before, I've had better conversations with Taliban than I've had with most liberals in this country. And I've had better conversations with Muslims than I've had with most Christians in this country. Because I could talk openly and we could get into some very contentious issues without people throwing up their hands and walking away and either proclaiming someone to be heretic or just shutting the door because they refuse to listen in the name of the Lord. I don't know where that came in in Jesus' teaching, but somewhere we got lost. So on this day, Veterans Day, I'm just going to ask you to take to prayer all of the blood that has been shed in this nation for the preservation of a dream that put God on the throne above this nation, its people at his feet, and government subordinate to the people. The most amazing experiment that was ever created where people would get to choose their governments and God would be the true king above all. Not a king of human flesh, but the one God, the true God, the God of hosts. On this day, I ask you to search your heart to find out what that would be as a founding father to proclaim that when even at the time of our colonies, not everybody was on board, and yet they brought them together. On this day, when we look at the sacrifice from the beginning and all the things that were done, all that was sacrificed, even by our founding fathers, who closed the Declaration of Independence with these words, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Within the communities of the remnant that we see rising up, that's the type of pledge we must give. And with that, to understand that it was 3% that led this nation to do the freedom and liberties that we have, and it will likely be the 3% that leads again. We walk boldly with our love in Jesus. We walk profoundly on the rock of faith. We walk with a pledge that we give to each other, our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We have incredible people as part of this movement, men and women in uniform who are right now giving more than they've ever planned because not only did they give a service to this nation, but the things that they had been told they would be given in return had been stripped away. We have all suffered in this time, and for that, God has given us the greatest gift of all, to realize that when we strip away all things, we become united again. We become American again. So cast aside the hatred. Cast aside the vengeance. Find forgiveness in your heart, but find the resolve to fight this evil with a boldness and a ruthlessness that you may never knew you had. God will give you that. God led Joshua to slaughter an entire city. He will give us what we need when the time is right. Trust in him, and justice will be delivered. And we will find that justice in this nation. And we will do so by never giving in, never relenting, and always pursuing the truth and the love in him. Let's pray. Father God, on this day we are blessed to have come together and to reflect deeply on all that has been given and sacrificed for this nation and the gift that you gave us of this great nation. And though our path has been winding, our path has been difficult at times, our vision many times obscured through promises that were lies 
and even through our own obsessions that misled us and took us away. We just pray, for Father, for, to begin this evening for the forgiveness of drifting away and the mercy as we sit now for this group that listens and follows, that pursues the restoration of this republic as it was intended. This is a powerful time for those that walk to seek truth, to see you once again as the true authority of this nation and over this land, to restore this republic with as, our, as was intended, that we will be subordinate and humbled before you, and that the government will be subordinate to us, representing the wills of the people. In this time when we know that power that corrupts absolutely and people who themselves, who lead this nation, who see themselves as gods, they must be cast off their thrones and the idol worship that surrounds them must be cast aside and destroyed. And those that have done harm to this nation, knowingly doing so with malintent must be brought to justice and the justice must be decisive and it must be clear. But through all of that, Father, we just pray for the hearts to repent and the hearts to forgive, that we walk this path not with vengeance, but with righteousness and a clarity in our eye and a a briskness in our step that makes it very clear that we are walking in kingdom authority on this land. Guide us and protect us. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So once again, to all of our veterans, thank you. To the 120,000 and the 60,000 who have stood up this vax mandate and held the line, I commend you and I salute you. To our special forces, to my special forces, brothers that I've worked with and to all of those that carry the Green Beret, God bless you. May God guide you and fill your heart and continue to guide you. And remember, you are the only group that has ever had a prayer crafted specifically for you. So trust in God and your mission forward. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. 
It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. 